Welcome to the Mad Pastors Podcast, the honest podcast for honest pastors, powered by G6 Allies, because everybody needs an ally. Welcome back to the Mad Pastors Podcast. I'm Ian Dunaway. And I'm Michael Schaefer. And we're just happy that you're here. We need friends and you fill that void in our life. It's very one-sided, but we appreciate that. Um, Listen, we're having a good time here. Uh, We've been getting ready and very excited to kick off uh, this episode and talking about priorities uh, versus tasks. You know, we've talked a little bit in the past about, you know, we think one of the biggest issues for pastors and church leaders and just Christians and Christ followers in general is time management. Um, when we look at all of the unhealth and the struggle that happens in pastoral ministry, I really believe 90% of it um, could be solved if we would learn how to and be disciplined to manage our time, right? Yeah, doing doing a good job of handling the, the number of hours in a week that are given to you would make a huge difference in your ministry and your personal life, your health. All across the board, it's going to make a big difference. I mean, on, at the end of the day, I need time to watch Amazon Prime and Netflix and Disney+. Plus. How am I going to fit all that in, Mike? You're going to have to manage your time better. <laughs> Maybe. I feel like that's what everybody is doing already. <laughs> that's where we're in the problem. So yeah. we've been working alongside our resource that we have uh, called Make Your Week Count Without Losing Your Mind. How to Run Your Calendar So That It Doesn't Run You. Yep. And uh, in this week, we're going to talk about priorities. You know, we've, we've talked in a previous episode about a couple of different things. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we talked about how our schedules, you know, they exist in a vacuum, right? They're, right. they're not static. They don't just all of a sudden fill yeah. up on their own. Like, we're going to put stuff in there. Nothing is going to, we're just not going to have downtime because we're going to fill it with something, you well, know? in the requirement to, if you don't choose... How to manage your calendar, your calendar, like we say in the title, your calendar is going to manage you. It's at the end of the day, you're either a victim or you are the director of your own time. Yeah, we, we have to be intentional in managing that calendar yeah. or it will intentionally manage us. <laughs> um, yep. You know, there, and, and then we also talked about that evil word, busyness. Right and how mm. busyness is constantly at, at the forefront of what we're thinking and what we present and and at the end of the day it's laziness and it's yeah. and it's wrong and it's not what God wants for us and so we talked about that as well. A four letter word that leads to more problems than just using a regular four letter word. <laughs> <laughs> it's busy. Um, no and yeah and so the path. I mean you know we're this whole idea and I mean because there's so many different. Uh, ways and and steps to approaching time management, right? I mean, we talked about the litany of books and uh, the cornucopia, if you will, of apps and things like that. That are, you know, if we if the problem could have been fixed by now, it would have been right. Yep. And so, and I honestly think the problem can be fixed. It's just a matter of we're looking for shortcuts and formulas. We're not really ready to do the hard work and stick to it. And so, I mean, the path to healthy and life giving time management has got to start with understanding the difference between two things, and that's priorities and tasks. And of course, if you use two different words to describe two things, we get that, but we tend to merge those concepts in our minds. We're gonna spend pretty much this whole podcast uh, breaking down the difference between those two and walking through how you can have healthy priorities and tasks, right? Like, so just, I I think from my own experience, and I know 
any pastor listening to this will, will resonate with this. We set goals for yeah. different events we're doing at the church or, you know, our small group numbers or uh, number of baptisms or attendance in general, yeah. all of those things that we, that we trend, tend to track and we set goals for it. And then we either meet those goals or we don't meet those goals. But one thing that, that I've learned is that we don't do a good job of distinguishing between those goals and those tasks. And we end up seeing what is actually a task as the goal. Yeah. When it's not the goal, you know, having, having Even a, in you explaining that from that perspective, you've mixed them up already. And that's a great thing, right? Like, cause our, our, our goals and priorities are long term, but we tend to think my goals are each next little thing, each event. Right. And, and we might, there's a little minutia in how we're doing this, but I think you've hit the heart of the problem. Right. If we, if let's say we have an attendance goal for some event that we're doing and our goal is to reach a hundred people, get a hundred people at this event. Yeah. Well, that's, we would say that's our goal, right? Mm-hmm. I would say, no, it's actually not our goal. Our, our, that's a task. Uh, we have, we have a job to do, which is to get a hundred people to this, to this event. The goal is actually something much bigger than that. It yeah. asks the why question. Why are we wanting a hundred people <laughs> at this event? Sure. And, and we don't stop long enough to think about that. What's, what's the point of having a hundred people at this event? Yeah. Well, that's the goal. I love how, you know, you go, this is not a rabbit hole we want to roll down. Um, but I do think it's worth just a supplementary resource. Uh, if you ever listen to Simon Sinek talk about the golden circles of, you know, why, how, and what, that's worth your time because that's, and that may be a whole other podcast for us to talk about those for things. Sure. That revolutionized my ministry when we, uh, when I would lead different student ministries as well as groups, things like that, where we Every started. Every pastor needs to read the book, Start With Why. No doubt. Um, but no, I what you're saying, and to just touch on that, listen, this, we, you need to understand if you're listening to this, just... Listen to us from an open mind. We want to walk through this with you and and just tell you where we've been. We're in the trenches in it with you. But I know that in the last 15 years, um, even men that taught the difference between priorities and goals, they didn't really live it. And we'll get to that. But it's a this is a difficult mindset to break out of. Um, and it's, you know, I had... I had a lot of pastors who knew that it was a dirty word to say numbers and, but when we would do an event, you know, they'd say, well, I don't want to hear about numbers. I want to hear about stories. Then you tell stories. They didn't like the stories. And then they did, you know, then they would talk more about the numbers you'd get. And, you know, for us, we don't want to get into that game. That's a different discussion for a different time. But for us, the way that you keep healthy or the way that you get healthy is to be able to, even if the whole world around you is crazy and shouting one thing is to understand the difference between these things. And so the problem, you know, is, is rarely about having goals and priorities, right? We all have them. So we, whether your goals and priorities are subconscious and pick you or, you know, you pick them, you're going to spend the majority of your time. Yeah, doing or, or someone sets them for you, whether yeah. it's, you know, you may set it yourself, but you may also have a boss that sets your goals for you or an elder board or, you know, yeah. whatever your church structure looks like you, even if you're the lead pastor, there's going to be some input from a group of people that are helping you set that and cast that vision as well. Well, and if you're listening to this and you're, maybe you're younger in ministry and you're early, I, if you're struggling with, that was one of the biggest shifts that I saw in going from a, a much more, I mean, they're all leadership positions, but from a much more subservient role as, a, as an intern to moving up to running a ministry, that was a big shift that you kind of have to constantly remember for a while. Oh, I'm setting the pace and I'm setting the goal. Um, but but it's not really about if we have those priorities. It's about 
uh, three things to understand if those priorities are correct or not. And that's, this is, you know, the first one we kind of, that we laid out, and this goes along a lot with our resource that we're doing. It kind of works as a companion, but differentiating priorities or goals from tasks and actions. Okay. We're going to use those words interchangeably a lot, but how do I, how do I understand the difference between my priorities and my goals versus tasks and actions I take to achieve them? Uh, two is creating a priority or a goal filter. So I've got to create a filter to do this. I mean, the importance uh, or the reason by which we choose and organize our goals and priorities, that's the point. Just by the nature of their name, they have to have a sequential order. So how do we lay that filter out? And three, we've got to recognize our, you know, if I'm air quoting, our stated priorities versus our quote unquote functional priorities. And that's, there's a big difference there, right? Um, so as we look at it, <clears throat> that let's look at the problems for a minute. Let's break those three down. You ready? Yep. All right. It's big news. So just if you're driving right now, grip the steering wheel. It's about to get real. Uh, this is the, this is the big three that we believe. And the first one, differentiating my goals and my tasks uh, that I use to achieve them. You know, let's just let's just go ahead and do our own version. This is the Michael and Ian dictionary, right? This is our uh, our own Oxford dictionary for us. The definition for us of a priority or a goal in talking about all this is that it's something that's worth my greatest time and devotion. Okay? Let's just look at it that way. It's not about accomplishing something necessarily. It's not, but at the it, let's look at this as a race and an end. This thing is worth all of my time and devotion. Um, and, and as we list those in order, that explains the time and devotion we give to it. Um, you know, priorities, they're meant to be an end that we're achieving, not the tasks that we use to get there, right? Right. So that leads us into understanding, well, this is my task, my action, my how-to plan to get there. Um, and it's tasks and how-tos are specific and evolving avenues of giving my time and devotion to my goals. And here's, you know, it's important for us. This is, this is why uh, busyness is the enemy of growth and depth in our spiritual life, because we are often, we're often lumping uh, the means and the end together in the same category. But, you know, in order to see our priorities fulfilled, we've got to understand that we're, we're not uh, the summation of our actions. And a lot of times we don't understand that the how-tos should be an evolving, a constantly evolving and changing thing in order to meet a uh, an unchanging and unwavering goal, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it does. And and I, w- I would add to that that our the tasks that we that we have is yeah. we now have a clear definition of the difference between the two the tasks serve that goal mm-hmm. right yep. so the tasks that we do they help us achieve that goal they get us there or they stop us from getting there they they're detrimental to the goal cuz sometimes you may have a task that you're trying to get done or uh, what we traditionally would call a goal but now we know it's not a goal yeah. that we would use something like that to accomplish our main ends and then realize actually that didn't help us out at all in accomplishing mm. what's really valuable to us it, sure. it had the opposite effect that's a great way to look at it mike i think that's that's solid uh i think the way that that we say it here is you know priorities dictate tasks and tasks reveal priorities mm-hmm. right and so that's that's a really i mean they are a symbiotic relationship you know one is where I'm headed and what I do is either going to get me closer to that or further away. Yeah. I mean, that's how you got to yeah, look at it. You, you can, you can help distinguish these using just two simple words, right? Your, your goal is tied to the why mm-hmm. your task is tied to the how. 
Yeah. And so your why and your how. If you're if you're unclear, what's a task? What's a goal? Ask those questions. Yeah. Is is this a why or is this a how? And if you do those things, you're going to have a good understanding which one's which. Well, and how many of us either in our marriages or we've done marriage counseling or we've looked at that stuff. I mean, I think one, you know, uh, informatory example of that is, you know, you see a guy who says, I want to buy my wife this great house and I want to provide this awesome situation for her. And then, but then you see years down the road, that was the summation. That was his goal was to buy the house and he accomplished it. Uh, and then what? <laughs> and, and then it was all about me. Yes. And, you know, and you've got this wife that's like, yeah, I live in this house, but I want more than that. And so, you know, that buying the house wasn't the goal. It was a task along the way to achieve. And so, you know, I it, think about it in our own ministries, right? I mean, how many times do we say, I want my ministry to achieve blank? Well, what is the end? We talked about it in some of our story earlier, but what is the end that we're trying to accomplish? Our our goals in ministry need to be so far reaching that whether it's an event or a weekly meeting or discipleship group or strategy, it needs to fund and funnel that way. I recently watched a documentary on Jeff Bezos and Amazon, and I thought it was interesting. You know, whether you like him or not, or whether you appreciate it, it has nothing to do with that. But it was interesting that his entire business model, he said, this is where we're going to head. But Amazon lost money for about 20 years, like two decades. And his investors went along with him. And now they're one of the most powerful companies in the world. He's the richest man in the world. Um, and so by hit, by that measure, it's successful and it achieve, it's achieving the goal that he wanted. But the goal wasn't, well, I just want to start a website. The goal wasn't, I just want to do this, Right. And I think we've got to have a similar mindset in how we have how our priorities line up with us. Yes, in the short run, it may not be advantageous for what we think we need to accomplish, but in the long run, it's the destination that gets us there. Yeah. yeah. So so right now you want to stop, maybe pause the podcast, spend some time thinking about what it is you really want. What are those goals? Mm. What have you been calling a goal that is actually just a task towards some better end? It's a means toward an end, but but spend some time really thinking through what that looks like in your ministry context, how you are going to apply that where you're serving at now. Yeah, and if you're if you're listening with a stat, whether you maybe this is something you want your staff to go through with you or hear about, but just take the time, okay? Okay, so the the next item that we want to talk about is creating this filter, and this is. Uh, this what we mean by that is the importance or the reason by which that we're choosing and organizing our goals and our priorities, right? Yeah. And because by their nature, there is an ascending and descending order to these. We we can't do everything all at the same time. We have to pick yeah. one thing or another that has to get done right now, and something else is going to have to wait a little bit. Well, it's interesting too because I I don't know if I've ever seen a personal life that works well this way, but even. You think about your church's mission statement and even the way that you do a lot of, you know, how you do your core priorities and those things. We all, quote unquote, prioritize our priorities, right? And so we know that, you know, you can't just, I've always, even in organizations I've been in and churches, if you don't have some type of pecking order to those things, they all just get kind of lost in the shuffle. Yeah. So, and so the, the first question we would ask you, pastor or church leader, in that pecking order the most important thing you've got to figure out, and, and you're, you're pastor, so most of you are going to go, well, yeah, obviously, <laughs> but it still merits saying, right? Right. As a Christ follower, what is the most important thing for me to be devoted to and to focus on? Go back. If, you, if you're having a hard time answering this, 
go to your first grade Sunday school class and note the answer to every question. <laughs> It'll be, or maybe you're, I, I always dealt with this with students. I was like, no, it's not always the right answer to say Jesus, but most of the time in this case it is. And it's man, our relationship with Christ. Um, I remember I went on a podcast as a guest and I was, you know, I've struggled with this and I had kind of just become self-aware of it. And, you know, and this was just a couple years ago. Um, but I had a, a podcast question was handed to me. Hey, what are you doing right now that's helping you as an individual? And I went, well, I'm really growing in, because I had heard the exact opposite of this all my ministry career. And I said, you know, I'm starting to study scripture that's different than what I'm teaching every week. And, and you know, honestly, I say that and I feel goofy for saying that because it's not that big of a revelation. Um, trumpets aren't blasting. and but uh, But it was funny because the the guy said, Oh, that's great. That's great. So good. And it, and it, you know, it was a good thing to remember, but you know, I think that we have lost sight. A lot of pastors have lost sight of, and I struggle to lose sight of having a personal relationship with Jesus versus what I'd call a corporate relationship with Jesus. And this is why so many pastors that we serve for, or if we are pastors, the struggle exists that our ministry life looks like it really reflects Jesus, but our personal life seems very devoid of him. And so that would be, I mean, number one goal is you are a Christ follower before you're a pastor, ministry leader, or anything else, right? Yeah. And then the next one is also about relationships, but it's it's about the relationships with yep. those that you're closest to, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're married, this is talking about your spouse. Um, if you have kids, it's your kids. You know, yep. this is who we're talking about now. What does that relationship look like? And are you, are you making sure that that is a priority? Mm-hmm. Because one of the biggest challenges that we see as we talk with pastors is that your spouse, they are their own person. Yeah. Right? They're not, they're not a, uh, exclusively a ministry partner as, as in a, a business person. They're not a gopher yep. in your ministry. That's that, what it usually turns that into. It turns into, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would agree. My wife is my ministry partner, right? right? But she's not a gopher. Yep. You know, she doesn't do the menial tasks that I don't want to do in order to build my ministry. And that's the way a lot of pastors yeah. tend to look at things, which is, which is sad and it needs to change. So pastors... Yeah. And in relation, don't look at your spouse as as someone that is just there to to further your ministry. She's yeah. her own person. Well, even in relationship to our first podcast, let's and we explain even in the core values of this, it it comes down to the fact that this this we're not saying that if that's the case with you, you're a terrible person. It's it is the system by which we tend to live in most churches, and that's how it's viewed. So that's it's up to us to help change that. But yeah, wives. Um, and, and husbands and spouse, depending on where it is, just your spouse can tend to become a dump truck for everything you can't get done or don't want to get done. Yeah. And, but yeah, so remember our, our definition of goals as we go through these are things that are worth our time and devotion. So obviously God and then our spouse, maybe you're, if you're, a, if you're a single, if you're single and, and doing ministry, or maybe you're a single student, right. And you're in seminary or you you want to go into ministry, um, that would be the question I would I would maybe move past spouse and family, which are two different things, and say, are you in healthy, non-pastoral relationships around you? Mm-hmm. It's not enough to have a small group you lead and then just be, oh, no, I'm a buddy because I go, I, I lead an hour-long Bible study with him, but I don't ever talk to him any other time. Who is it? Because that's going to help set the stage 
for you and, and finding friendships. It's going to lay that platform or that yeah. foundation for healthy relationships the rest of your life. I'm telling you, I've watched several pastors in big positions fail because they were used to and had grown used to living on an island rather than being in healthy community. And if, just so you know, healthy community involves a lot of accountability and a lot of transparency for you as well. So it's a healthy thing. Um, you know, the next question, let's ask this too, physical health. A lot of times we mix up task and uh, task with this one and goal. Having a goal of physical health is not, I'm going to lose 20 pounds by March and then that's your goal is up, right? Well, that's not being having a goal of I want to be healthy. Um, that's just losing 20 pounds and then most likely you're going to be like, I've always struggled to be and gain that back. So having a healthy living lifestyle is a long-term thing and a task to get there might be losing weight or might be eating better, you know, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like. Um, next on that, you know, that's where if you're, you're probably itchy right now, if you're like me and you're, you're all excited, you know, your pastor, church leader, you're like, when's ministry going to come into the priority list? Right. Um, and this is, this is the thing. Ministry's almost always going to be, it needs to be third or fourth on your list. I know that seems counterintuitive and yes, our identity is wrapped up in a lot of that as pastors. That's our calling or our vocation. It is not, um, above God or relationships before that. And so what's your vocation or your calling, or if you're not in vocational ministry, your job, right? So often we see jobs and ministry and those things take precedence over our relationship with Christ or over our family or our wife. Um, and so it just doesn't work. And then the last one, um, <laughs> that thing that we all, it's like a dirty word. Uh, it's another dirty four letter word with busy, uh, is rest, don't ever use rest. That's a cuss word um, yeah. for rest or hobbies. Only unspiritual people do hobbies. Or we we act like, and that's that's the way I kind of viewed it a lot of times. That's but, a very self righteous attitude. But they are important. Yeah, and, and key. rest rest is a command from God, right? And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, we do need to prioritize this. And this is you know it's a, it's weird because it's the last thing on our list of, of five things we ought to prioritize. Yeah, and it's also. The last thing a lot of pastors even think about, like we don't right. have time to for a hobby, we don't have time to rest, we've got to be working all the time. Uh, and so, it, while it is last on our list, it's still on the list. It's still important, and we need to find hobbies that we value, things that rejuvenate us, things that uh, we find life giving to to help us go through life with a, a healthy outlook on things. Well, and if you okay, so this this gets to the main question, Michael. We've talked about what we think these priorities should be, what we think scripture shows them to be. Um, and just, it makes sense. I don't know anybody that would really argue with a lot of this, but I, this now comes down to you as a pastor, believer, a church leader. You've got to make your own priorities, right? And and here's, this is my, my short understanding of how I'd explain that is you've got to understand and you've got to make a difference when you're making this list of what deserves my devotion and time about what is most important versus what is most urgent. And what is most urgent is rarely what's most important in all of this. And you know, one way to explain that is that there was a there was a big case study that was done. One of these researchers said, you know, I was looking at a company, and they were talking about uh, how the company was struggling with profits and struggling with production, and they had an average ish safety record. They had they may have had a, a few more accidents than normal, but they weren't like critical. Um, and the CEO takes over. And I don't, you know, whether he was super wise or he just got really good counsel, whatever it was, he stopped and he said, you know what? 
I'm looking at our safety record. I'm looking at our you – know, nobody was looking at the safety record. It was how do we they, – they had a high turnover rate. How do we get more people in, skilled people in, and do this? He decided to take it from the, from the perspective of saying, listen, we need to, to fix the safety. So they made – they streamlined to focus the entire uh, company on our number one priority is safety for our workers. Well, the funny thing is for us, the number one priority, what goes through my mind is paychecks. Like we got to make money. Let's increase productivity. But what was interesting is in a very short time there, not only did their number of accidents plummet, they became an incredibly safe company, but they watched their productivity rise. They watched their profits rise. They watched their workers get better pay. And that, I mean, for me, that's a huge example for us as believers that we look at that for us as church leaders, as a small group leader, as just a Christ follower what is most important is rarely what is most urgent. And that's the filtering system. If he had a, his filter was right because he said, I'm going to place priorities number one. I would ask the question, if following Christ personally is not your number one goal, how can you love your wife well? How can you treat your students well or your, your, your kids well? How are you going to have a great view of rest and hobbies and those things? You can't. The filter has got to work. Um, and, and the filter's got to be clear. We've even talked about Stephen Covey has a really cool way of understanding this. Yeah, if you read any Stephen Covey stuff, he, he put together uh, what he calls the urgent, important matrix. And, and mm. some of you, you may have heard it called uh, the Eisenhower matrix because it came from a, a quote from President Eisenhower. Well, you may have even seen it, Keanu Reeves in it. Who said, no, not that kind of matrix. Ian. Oh, my bad. But Eisenhower said that I have two types of things on my calendar, important mm. and urgent, and the urgent is never important, and the important is never urgent. Mm. And then Covey took that and, and really extrapolated it and said there's actually four different quadrants. of. So if you imagine a plus sign, you've got four quadrants. Uh, quadrant one are things that are urgent and important. Mm. And so we, we focus on things that are urgent and important, we have to because they're important, right? And they're right. urgent, so we got to do them now. Sure. But what that ends up doing, if if everything that we're doing is urgent and important, it stresses us out. It wears yeah. us down because it's urgent. It has to get done now, but it's super important. So if we don't do it, then the world's going to fall apart. And nothing ends up being important. At that and, point. and so it's, it's not a good place to live. Yeah. Uh, this quadrant two is are things that are important but not urgent. This is where mm. this is a much calmer space to be in. This is where you're spending your time planning. This this is where you're setting goals. These are the things that we're encouraging you to do in this podcast. Take some time to to focus on the things that are important. They're not necessarily urgent. These are yeah. longer term goals and plans that you're developing. It's not something that has to get done right now, but it's important enough that you should focus on it now. Yeah. Quadrant three are things that are um, urgent but not important. So they're urgent but not important. In in this quadrant is where we probably spend ninety percent of our time because. We're constantly putting out fires. Everybody yep. has a need. Everybody has something coming up, and they need attention right now, and, and this has to get done right now. And we look at it, and we're just spinning our wheels because we don't feel like we're accomplishing anything. The, the important things get put on the back burner, and so it wears us out, and it leads to burnout pretty quickly. Yeah. Quadrant four are things that are neither urgent nor important. And <laughs> and we do spend some time there. If we're all honest with ourselves, we spend some time in the in the non-important, non-urgent quadrant. Netflix. And I would just ask, why? Right. And, and, and it's not even a, a Netflix thing because 
it's rest doesn't sure. factor into this. This is like busy work, right? Things right. that it's not urgent. It doesn't have to be done right now, but you're kind of putting off doing some more important things because you know it's going to be harder work and it's not important and it's not urgent either one. So it's busy work that doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. We need to minimize the amount of time that we spend in that quadrant. So quadrant yeah. two, things that are important but not urgent, is where we would encourage you to shift a lot of your time and attention to. So pastors, look at this quadrant. Look at um, this matrix of different urgent versus important ideas and ask yourself, evaluate yourself honestly on that. Mm. It is, is the work that I'm doing now, as I look at my calendar are my priorities such that I spend time in quadrant two or do I spend most of my time in one or three or maybe even four? There's a certain amount too of false safety in that unimportant and not urgent quadrant with us where, you know, we just want to feel like we accomplished something because I think sometimes we're afraid that we're not going to accomplish the things we want. And maybe that's a good question for another podcast, but I would say that maybe a good answer too to that is what can I cut from this? And also what can I delegate of this? Sometimes you know, I used to find myself spending way too much time doing jobs that other people were there to do. I just knew that I could do them, and it was a little bit easier. Yeah, um, and, and so we want to, as pastors, we do spend a lot of our time focusing on the wrong things, don't we? Right. We spend a lot of our time in quadrant three looking at the, all those urgent things that we've got to do now, but they're not important. Mm-hmm. And so while we're encouraging you to kind of shift your calendar and, and look at your priorities and, and make some adjustments where need be, we are not advising you to tell your people who are coming to you with problems, hey, I'm sorry, this is not important. I need <laughs> right. to focus on... That's not the right approach. We're going to get to that, but, too, in a couple podcasts. Yeah, we will. But we do want you to, to take some time to really evaluate what you're spending your time on. And it is important that you that you prioritize things that are important. It reminds me a lot of just a quick story. This I was not involved with this pastor, but it was in a town that I was in, and there was a pastor who had become incredibly uh, micromanaging and incredibly difficult to the point that the church, it was about goofy things too, but to the point that this church had uh, sent him away on a furlough uh, and said, hey, you need, or, you know, a sabbatical that you need to go and take a break for a month. And so he, he went, he took a break, he came back and the goal was you'll focus on yourself, you'll rest. The first thing he did when he walked back into the doors was measure the distance between the chairs and where they were at. And he got angry because they were a foot off. And he did not last two more weeks at the church. They just fired him. And th- But those are the, when we get so wrapped, I mean, I don't want to be a fear monger on that, but I think we need to be afraid of some of that is if we spend all of our time in that, it will eventually be the only thing that we see. I mean, I, I did have a pastor I served for that was so insecure and struggled and had co- all these coping mechanisms that if we knew he was stressed, we turned off our office lights and rolled our blinds because he would make us get up and clean our building. We paid people to clean it. Like there was a, a clean a staff member and, and people in a service, but it was his way, instead of him going and doing something to help cope or do it, he would force everybody to go out and wipe things down and clean and mop things and that that was one of those neither. It, it ruined our work day, so we just hid and you know, I think that's a struggle. And, and we've touched on this, but the last thing, and we'll be brief on it because we've really touched on a lot of it. We've got to recognize, and this is more self-reflection, all right? These other two have been action-oriented. 
this is for us to reflect on. Look at your calendar and you probably your calendar may be messy if it's like everybody else's like mine, but think through what are my stated priorities versus my functional priorities. And here's what we mean by that. We have stated, most of us would agree in what Michael and I just laid out. Okay, yes, these are my priorities and these are the things I need to do. Those are what we state to be my priorities. But are your do your functional priorities line up with that? Does the way that I live it out, does the time that I give actually say that? It does us zero good to say that we're all about one thing and not do it. Yeah, we, we can say all day long that my family matters more than my ministry and yet what we see in practice, functionally, yep. is that my family gets put on the back burner because I've got ministry duties. Oh, it's crazy. And, and like, let's just make sure. You might say, well, I do those things, but my family's just used to it. Well, we need to be able to say that adapting to behavior, it doesn't excuse or change the effect on the lives around us, okay? So you might have, I don't think anybody's family, and, and I've seen a lot of pastors' kids and spent a lot of time with them, I have never found a family that their kids are happy when they get ignored. Like they might put up with it. Um, but kids that are constantly defeated and pushed to the side, I mean, eventually they just get quiet and yeah. they stop. Or, you know, your spouse is continually coming in second, third, fourth, fifth. There's only so much of that that happens. Again, we looked at these stats earlier, but uh, a large majority of pastors are at marital risk and relationship risk. 34% of their kids are leaving the church. And that's not because Jesus isn't good enough or God doesn't have a great plan for us. That's because we're not doing what we should to shepherd our families. And and one way that we can help combat that is to periodically evaluate and ask yourself and check in on what those priorities are. Yes. Pastor, how often do you do that? Uh, you need You need to be on a regular, consistent basis evaluating, honestly evaluating those priorities and where things line up functionally as well as the way you would state them. And I'll be I'll be really honest with you too. I think this would go a long way with not only your staff but your people is find open and creative ways to make them know what your priorities are. Um, this may be, you know, whether you're putting a calendar outside of your door, whether you, you know, write these things up and share with your staff so that they can have the same kind of priority. The more that people understand they're loved and valued, but these are the things that you're going to spend your time on. That's healthy. I think we kind of were secret about some of these things and it's okay to be personal about them, but we also need to, it, there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, I'm sorry, this isn't an emergency <laughs> and my family comes first and my, or my wife comes first and we're going on date night. Right. Yeah. Which is hard to do, but sure. that, that does kind of lead us to the, the last segment of this podcast because it's easier for us just to, mm-hmm. Hey, my, my, spouse or my family is used to this. Yep. They understand it. They, you know, they signed up for this too. And so I've got to do this. And that is kind of an instant gratification thing, right? Sure. It, it's in the moment, that's the easiest solution, but long-term that's going to have detrimental effects. Mm-hmm. We have to think long-term rather than about the instant gratification. Sometimes we're going to suffer in the short term as far as seeing what we want to see so that we can win in the long term. And yeah, you're right. It's, we live in that culture. And so Uh, This is how Proverbs 6, 6 through 8 says it, okay? Um, Go to the ant, you slacker. It's pretty harsh. Observe its ways and become wise. Without a leader or administrator or ruler, it prepares its provisions in summer. It gathers its food in the harvest. In contrast to that, Proverbs 26, 13 says, There's a lion 
in the road, a lion in the public square. It says the slacker says this. And so I think what's interesting in all of that is uh, there's there's an idea of we have to take the initiative with our priorities rather than waiting for life to happen to us. And so what is the person that God exemplifies and shows us through Proverbs 6? Well, it's somebody like an aunt who says, you know what? Immediately it'd be easier to rest or to do or to just do whatever I want to do. But instead of doing that, I'm going to get ready for winter because I know what's happening in the long term. For an ant, winter's long term. And so he's going to prepare his food versus the slacker who most of us, we find every reason to make up. The assumption in this passage is that he's lying and saying, I can't make it to work because there's a lion in the public square. And But how many times do our lions, I mean, I, I get it. I We talked about last our last podcast about how uh, if we couldn't say that we were busy all the time, we wouldn't have anything to say. And I found myself even saying I'm busy when I'm not because I feel bad to not be busy. And so how often, you know, are we thinking long term rather than instant gratification? Yeah. So so the next thing we need to do here is we need to remember to keep our list of priorities and our tasks. We need to keep that list manageable Mm -hmm. and and they ought to be attainable. You know, we setting priorities or goals or tasks that are just, you know, out of this world, that that doesn't really help anybody. So it needs to be attainable um, and it needs to be manageable as well. Well, I don't, you know, not many people have heard of of this man and he's not very well known, but Warren Buffett, um, if you've been there, wrote, I'm just kidding. You, you should know Warren Buffett, but uh, he had, I thought he had a really brilliant way of explaining. Uh, and I think this applies to our, how our ministries work and do a lot of different things. But, I mean, this is a guy, one of the richest men in the world and one of the best investors in the world. And I think it's crazy uh, that he said, if I can't write my business plan down on a napkin, then I don't buy the business. Or if I can't, uh, you know, I don't pursue this avenue if I can't make it that simple. And the reason is because we get really lost in the complicated minutia of our plans sometimes and if, if it's not, that's why I would tell you, limit your, make a list of 20 things, but limit your priorities to five, five or six things. And, and that's real because we're going to lose track of it. My wife and I were talking about this the other day. I get really uh, bad at saying, well, I'm going to do these eight things. And it's going to require me to do this and this, and then this over here, and every vernal equinox, this has to happen. And when the earth tilts and, and we come up with this long plan, but the deal is the first sign that you're over your head and all of this is when you're having a hard time explaining it to yeah. people. Yeah. And so if it, I would make it, if it, you can't write it down on a napkin and remember and recall it, it isn't going to take. Yeah. It, it's the KISS principle, right? Mm. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. That That's what we ought to be, uh, the principle that we ought to be using when we look at our tasks. <laughs> I just thought of Michael Scott when he says, it hurt my feelings. It was the best, the best advice I ever got. <laughs> but yes, KISS, KISS principle is solid. Um, Here's, here's the last thing, okay? And so we've walked through all of this, how we achieve our priorities. This is part of the solution, right? So thinking long-term, keeping our list manageable, and how we achieve it is key. Um, a goal without a plan, what is it, Michael? It's just a wish. And you know, if I wish in one hand or I spit in the other, which one's going to fill up faster, right? And Neither one will buy you a cup of coffee. That's Well, that's a good plan. But either way, Um Achieving these, achieving our priorities, that it's about choosing the right tasks and action plan to get there. So once you make this list of my top five priorities, it's time to to realize, man, each each action plan. This is where we say, this is why we believe what we're talking to you about 
is a one size fits all because it's not about trying to fit a size. This is about saying this is a principled plan that says the methods, you pick the methods. So the once I lay out what is most important on those five key things, I'm going to start now saying, how do I achieve these priorities? And so underneath those, you need a bullet point. These are the, these are the five or six steps per one that per priority that I'm going to use to get there. So, you know, when you talk about your relationship with Christ, uh, man, as you're, as you're pursuing that, maybe for you studying scripture, it looks different than most people, right? So you pick what you're stuck on when it comes to your spouse. I think this is really key, uh, because this is, we got to talk about, um, there, the plans are varied. So like, man, my wife, you might say, well, I've got the time. I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. every day and spend quality time with my wife. Well, she may not want to wake up at 5 a.m. and spend quality time with you. It would not be quality time at 5 a.m. <laughs> it would be anti-quality time. So either way, it would be that would be terrible. And so this is where your filter is going to inform your tasks. Okay, so I want to. There's three quick principles. One, quality versus quantity. I'm not telling you just because it's on your filter. God isn't asking for the quantity of your time in relation to saying, I've got to study God's word 40 hours a week. No, God's asking for your quality time. So you look at Jesus. Jesus would go away in the mornings. He'd go away at night and he would give God his best time because we know, man, just, just to get a paycheck, we've got to work 40 or 50 hours a week. And we can exemplify Christ through all of that, obviously. Um, but then you move on next to your wife. Man, I guarantee you, your wife doesn't want Monday morning at 5 a.m. as her time. And so your time for your wife or your husband, just your spouse in general, needs to be time that both of you work out. And really on your side is saying, I want to give you my best time on your best time slot. Um, same thing with your kids. Same thing in ministry. The next one, the next thing we need to remember is the difference between seasons and our conditions, right? Yeah. When we say you need to make sure there's time for rest, that doesn't mean in the busiest season of your church environment that you say, you know what, I'm not going to do this today because I've got to rest, right? Yeah. Work and busyness is seasonal, and, and there right. there are times, there are seasons, maybe it's a couple days, maybe it's a couple weeks, whatever it is, where you are going to be really busy. Yeah. And and so it ebbs and flows. It's it's a rhythm, right? And so we need to make sure we remember that that there's a rhythm to our work cadence and our rest. Yeah, and, and you know, you're not putting your family if you're not putting your family second on a consistent basis, we get that, but it's not necessarily putting anybody second to say, "Hey, listen, we just know that these are 3 weeks in the year that are going to be really busy," right? And so I, you know, if you're a student pastor, you know student camp is like that. Your student camp weeks are like a hundred hour week, you know, and, and going up to them and they're crazy. Um, but also, you know, when you think through that, we've talked about if your constant condition is busy, then that's, what's going to kill you. And it doesn't have to be. So, you know, you might look at, there's a couple ideas, but I remember that for a student, for student ministry, especially, and for a lot of head pastors that do this, if you ask your staff members during like football season to show up at football games on Fridays and that's normally your day off, that's a great way to just say, hey, this is a busy season, about 12 weeks. So start taking Thursdays off. We're taking another day on the week that, that works for you. And we would, we'd would we see a lot of return on that. So the, the next thing on that too is boundaries and priorities. Yeah, right? boundaries, boundaries and priorities. Uh, if, if you are not putting boundaries around your priorities – then they are not priorities. Mm -hmm. you, you have to be willing to say, no, this is a line that does not get crossed because this is important to me, because this yeah. is my priority. You know, my family 
has boundaries around it. My mm-hmm. my personal life has boundaries around it. My rest and my personal health time, they have boundaries around them that have to be in place. Otherwise, we're functionally, as we've used the term, are saying it's not all that important. Yeah. Something else can take it over. That's a, you know, I've watched, I've watched a lot of pastors and families struggle through that idea of, of boundaries. And I, in fact, had one pastor tell me, wait, a lot older than me and had been in the system of this church, but I just said, Hey, I ended up getting him a book. It's one that I really like called boundaries for leaders. Um, and any boundaries book by cloud and Townsend is excellent. But I just said, you know, he said, I'm getting calls at 11 and 12 o'clock at night from my pastor who stuff that's not urgent or important and stuff that changed periodically and then getting calls at six in the morning. And he said, it's wearing me out. And I said, you gotta just turn off your phone and draw a boundary. And the statement was, I don't think I can do that with my boss. That is a really dangerous place to be. Yeah. So next time we're going to talk about guarding our, our time and our productivity, which, you know, that is, that is a challenge, right? We've, Mm -hmm. we've talked through all of this and how important it is to, to protect our time. And then the big elephant in the room, the question that we haven't really answered yet is, yeah, I know that's important, but how do I do that? <laughs> how do we achieve it? Next time, we're going to talk about that one. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Mad Pastors podcast today. We hope that you found it not only encouraging, but beneficial that you have people in your corner doing ministry. Here's what we'd love for you to do. If you'd subscribe, review, and share our podcast, that would mean the world to us, and it'd help as many pastors to hear and be encouraged just like you were. G6 is also supported by partners and allies like you who are willing to financially give and be a part of this ministry with us. So if you feel like you'd like to be a part of this with us, just go to g6allies.com slash partner, and we'd love for you to become our ally in our mission to serve pastors and their families. If you have questions, comments, or just want to talk more with us about your particular ministry needs, just email us at hello at g6allies.com. We can't wait to see you next time for our next episode.